life a minus research and this is the story for ors i went to the civil hospital and i called all my team do you think it is possible sir in the life nothing is impossible Science Cap Soul. In this series of podcasts from Gets Pharma, you will be able to meet the world acclaimed leaders in research and thought leaders in research. This will showcase the visibility of innovation and science, and you will. It will also going to foster communication between the leading acclaimed researchers and the budding. scientists today the topic of our dialogue is transitional research and its community benefits and who could be the better person to discuss all is with us today is professor dr abdul ghaffar pedu for those who want to know more about him he is from uh, graduated from top medical college worked extensively in england trained from england and also has worked very very extensively in civil hospital jpmc and last 22 years as a professor in ek akhan university hospital acclaimed researcher a great pediatrician service provider to the humanity more than 200 publications and world acclaimed research across many many associations founder and chairman of uh, hands and also chair for his health research advisory board there are a long list but i will end here i will like you to know more about professor abdul ghaffar pillu sir welcome sir why did you come to uh, pakistan Yes, why did you come to Pakistan? It's a very interesting question. Uh, because I'm a Pakistani. Yeah. I'm a Muslim. Right. And then the first and the foremost teaching is "Wama khalaqtul jinna wal insa illa liyabudun." That's all. You know, you you have been you have been created for ibadat, and ibadat is not ramaz namaz roza only. Ibadat is to serve the humanity. Say. First and foremost in the humanity is your parents and family. So I was offered. after my education in england uh, british nationality and consultant post which is difficult for a pakistani physician right to get in england right you have to spend couple of years before you become consultant but hmm. i was offered straight away hmm. but uh, i told my chief okay i'm sorry but my mission was to educate myself and go back to the country and serve my country and create the number of pediatricians so he embraced me Okay. And he says your mission is much higher than the nationality of Britain. So Maybe. my blessings are with you, and uh, you will remember one thing: that wherever you go, you will bring about a change. 
I we remember that, that sentence, yes. So we can, we can definitely yes. see that. And we I can. still remember. Yes, you bring about a change. So when you came back to Pakistan, there were hardly few pediatricians in Pakistan. Is that true? Only seven. Only seven? Only seven. Including you? Today, <coughs> today the change is more than 300 members of Pakistan Pediatric Association. 3,000. Wow. 3,000 members. Yes. 3,000. That's a change. That's a big change in about 55 years. Wow. That's a big change. So right. I, I can see my mission being completed. <laughs> Uh, all right. But I think you have much bigger journey imparted upon yourself than, you know, what you have oh, just yes. mentioned, oh, yes. right? Oh, yes. You you think <coughs> much in broader areas the, than what you have actually accomplished so far. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. Serving the parents and creating and teaching the pediatricians. Uh -huh. In the first challenge, it was very good. I trained one of my RMOs and he was... Uh, one out of 70 students who were appearing for the exam. Really? And uh, there were three uh, students of Professor Hamadili Khan, three of Vasti uh, Saab, uh, the celebrated pediatricians. Right. Those who were here when I came to Pakistan. And uh, after the examination, the results came back. And uh, my student passed. And the six of them, they couldn't make it. All right. So Professor Vasti phoned me from Lahore. Ki, who are you? We don't know the name of Bilu. And okay. your student has passed. And six of our students have not made it. So this was a you know great boosting for me mm -hmm. that I can train pediatricians in Pakistan. Amazing. It was a great, great boost. Uh, initial boost for me. Uh, so this was in civil uh, hospital when I joined after almost five years because you have to struggle for four or five years to settle in Pakistan. Yes. It's not easy to get a job. Easy to get so you had also had difficulties in uh, getting had, a job in Pakistan? I had great difficulty. First two years, I had no job of pediatrician. Okay. After two years, there was one job of pediatrician in Holy Family Hospital, the then very famous hospital. Yes. At the time, it was a very famous hospital. Yes. So, I was called for an interview and the medical director was very good. She was very kind to me and she uh, appreciated the interview. She said that, I'm very impressed with you. And it's likely that we'll hire you. But I have to I have to go back to my commu uh, committee. Okay. And if the committee is also pleased, then they might call you back again and then we will hire you. All right. But I want to tell you as a medical director mm -hmm. that if you are hired, mm -hmm. you will be proud of Holy Family Hospital. Really? So, Madam, that's a, a great uh, news for me. Mm -hmm. uh, but can I make a little correction? She said, you want to make a correction? I said, yes. Okay, what's the correction? I said, when I'm hired, I'll be proud of Holy Family Hospital. But I'm work, when I work with the Holy Family Hospital for six months a year, then I want to guarantee that the Holy Family Hospital will, will be, be proud, proud of, of me. All right. He says, but that's a very big thing for a young man like you to say. I said, no, that's not a very big thing. Okay. Because I'm confident of myself. Yeah. And right. I can tell you that what I can deliver. So he said that I'm not, she says that I'm not going back to my committee. You are hired now. Amazing journey, sir. Amazing journey. That was a very right. surprising thing for me that, right. you know, just my confidence yeah. got the job there and there. Great. So I was hired for, for by the Holy Family and I worked for three years. But when there was a faculty position mm -hmm. in Dow Medical College. Mm -hmm. Then I applied. Applied there. there. And then you worked with uh, with the Civil Hospital Karachi. Yeah. For, 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 for okay. uh, I was hired as a head of the Department of Pediatrics mm -hmm. at Dow Medical College Civil Hospital. And I remained with them for 27 years. 27 years. Uh, that's where I got a uh, lot of opportunity of two things. 
training the students for pediatrician. Okay. And uh, looking at the problems of Pakistan and uh, identifying them for the research. All right. So your your research journey actually started. Uh, your motivation actually started from from civil hospital. This is what from you're Dau. saying. From Dow University. From Dow University. And uh, working uh, your community uh, engagements that you build up in the future yes. that started from that's because where you got your first impressions. Because I believed in uh, addressing the problems. Okay. You must find out the problems and then identify the solutions. Agreed. Which, which, which in modern terms is known as research. Right. Find the problem, mm-hmm. then look tra- try to find out the solution. Yeah. And then apply that solution to the community or to the nation or to the world. Yeah. That is the research. Applied research. Research for action. Research for policy. And this is what transitional research means? Yeah. This is the transitional research. Okay. It, <coughs> now, if I give you the example of uh, the transitions that we... I can give you several examples of transitions. Okay. Which the research has made. Uh-huh. And of course, as I said, my journey started with the biggest problem in the world. Where, which is that? That was a diarrhea. That was a diarrhea. Yeah. yeah. In, in those days, late 60s and early 70s. Right. Five million. Five million. Children were dying of diarrhea across the world. Across the world. I mean, this was colossal. Just diarrhea. Just diarrhea. So I said, this is the largest single killer of the children of the world. Why not do something for that? Right. I was strongly motivated to do something about it and then the treatment was IV rehydration. Yeah. Because diarrhea produces dehydration. Yeah. And the severe dehydration will keep, kill if you do not rehydrate. Right. So I said, how to rehydrate them? In civil hospital, I started asking medical superintendent. I said, I am getting 150 uh, or so children with severe diarrhea and dehydration. And about at least 50 to 60 of them, they require IV fluids. He said, I can give you only 3 to 5 IV fluids per night. As okay. usual, the resources were very yeah, limited. Yeah, because yeah. the whole hospital is my responsibility. Yeah. And I get 150 uh, okay. or so. So, yeah. I have to supply to the whole hospital. So, your, your quantum comes to be about 3, 4, 5. Hmm. So, I said, what about the rest of the children? They will die. And every morning, I used to reach and ask the resident. Uh, what is the news? Sir, the news is bad. Five children died, died last night. Oh, my goodness. Five children died last night. I have to do something about it. In those days, one of my children, one of my friend's child was suffering from diarrhea and had a severe dehydration. And he was a good friend of mine. So I was passing through his home in the night right. before going home. Okay. So I said, your child is very dehydrated. And unless we admit him in the civil hospital, uh, he might die. Really? So they said civil hospital. No, no, no. We are scared of civil hospital. Okay. You know the bad name at that time? Yeah. People only go there, they die. Yeah. This was such a bad name such over there. Such a bad name. And I was working over there. So it was hurting me also. Uh, so I said, okay, okay, don't worry about it. <coughs> you bring some utensils which is which can carry about one kilo of water. Yeah. So the wife of my friend, she brought. So I said, now bring four teaspoons of uh, uh, sugar. sugar. So she brought four teaspoons of sugar. So I said, bring one teaspoon of uh, salt. So she brought one teaspoon of salt. So I said, mix it now. Yeah. And try to taste it. It's very nice. 
So I said, give it in front of me to the child. And the child started taking immediately. Okay. Yeah. So he said, what is this? I said, this is a sugar and salt solution. And you keep on giving it the whole night. And I'll come in the morning at 8 o'clock before going to the civil hospital. Okay. 8 o'clock in the morning, the child was playing. Amazing. He Severely dehydrated child was playing. He was hydrated. I was hydrated. Okay. So I went to the civil hospital and I called all my team. Okay. I said, from now onward, we'll make the sugar and salt solution and start giving it to all the re- dehydrated children. And no issues with the IV transfer of the liquids. So <clears throat> my RMOs and my residents and my house officer, they quickly started grabbing off dehydrated children. Okay. The others were treated for four hours and discharged. But dehydrated children were kept for about 12 hours. They fully rehydrated and then sent home. Sent home. And mother was told that you keep on giving keep this, this and come back after 48 hours. My child has become all right. All what right. is the treatment? So we said that this child had lost water and salt. So we are given salt and water. Salt and water. And this is the story for ORS that <coughs> yes, took up the global story, landscape. ORS, ORS story started... Uh, within two years after that, I had written it to the WHO okay. that the solution of the dehydration is oral solution. Okay. Oral solution. I received from WHO some packets for research. Mm-hmm. There was 10,000 packets. Okay. Interestingly enough, uh, in that year, the cholera outbreak came mm-hmm. uh, for which I had to face a lot of problems <laughs> mm-hmm. because when the Don English came to me, I said, this diarrhea dehydration is because of the cholera. So I had to face the music from the government. Mm-hmm. But that's another story. Yeah. Okay, they called me. Okay. Okay, why have you said it's cholera? Okay. You are not supposed to say because it brings a bad name to the government. Right. That's another story. Because yeah. the, uh, this ORS story will be diluted. Okay. Okay. <laughs> because that's a very interesting story. So, so how this uh, ORS took the global landscape with your yeah. research? This is now the real research. Yeah. We started getting cholera. We received 5,000 cases of cholera in 50 days. In 50 days. And on one bed, we used to treat four, five, four, five. In in five five to six hours, we used to rehydrate okay. orally, orally. orally. Once the child is rehydrated, discharged. You are di- you Second discharged. child. Okay. Change change the uh, coverings and then next child. Change okay. the covering, next child, next child. So... Some beds, four children, some beds, five children okay. in a day. Okay. So, 50 days, 5,000 children were rehydrated. The case fatality of the cholera is uh, approximately 3%. Mm-hmm. And our fatality rate dropped to 0.3%. 0.3%. 0. 90% drop in wow. fatality wow. and just in ORS. And this was published? This was, this was published. This was sent to the WHO first. Okay. First, it was sent to WHO. WHO. And then immediately, WHO asked me to come and present this in uh, Cairo. Okay. Okay. There will be several, six scientists in you to come and present this. Okay. So I went over there. Okay. And the chief of diarrhea from Geneva came over there. Mm-hmm. WHO chief of Geneva, Geneva okay. he came to uh, um, Cairo. And there were 76 scientists. And then after the meeting of uh, uh, 18 hours, <coughs> uh, he asked me, okay, would you come to present this? to the global advisory group in Geneva. I said, yes, I will come. Okay. Uh, I said, but it is yet not published. He said, we don't want to wait for publication. Wait for publication, yeah. This is such a phenomenal figure. 5,000 treated children. Yeah. And point zero zero point three mortality. Uh-huh. What more do you want? 
So I said, okay, I'm ready to come. So then immediately in two weeks' time, I received a letter. Okay. You are ad- you are appointed as an advisor to the WHO uh, as a member of the Technical Advisory Global Group. Okay. So they usually have about 14, 15 global experts. Mm-hmm. So he said, you will be one of the global experts mm-hmm. for the next three years to the WHO. Right. And you have to come every year. So I said, I don't mind. Fantastic journey, sir. So sir, you have done more than 200 publications, right? Yes. And a lot of research. Do you remember your first publication, first research or publication? What battle, bottlenecks you felt? <coughs> what what were the issues at that time? Just want yeah, again, to get some... You know, my, my research was mainly the largest killers of children. The sec- my second job was pneumonia. Pneumonia was the second the largest killer of the children at the time. So I took up the pneumonia. I told WHO, you don't need doctors. You don't need doctors. You need a paramedical or a teacher to diagnose pneumonia and treat in the village. Hmm. Because before the village gets a doctor, it will be 200 more years. Hmm. And you want to let the pneumonia die for 200 years? So hmm. I got another research project from WHO, funded project. That okay, you prove it that the teachers can. So we trained the teachers for 15 days how to diagnose pneumonia: mm-hmm. fast breathing, chest in drawing, respiratory distress. This is pneumonia, inability to feed severe pneumonia. So pneumonia or a severe pneumonia indicated is amoxicillin. Yes. Don't give the bombardment of injections to the children. To the children. And right. <laughs> so, you know, we ta- trained the teachers. The teachers were trained. Mm. So I said, are you now ready? So mm. we sent one physician mm. to supervise them, but mm. not interfere. Mm. So they treated approximately 1,500 children. They uh, picked up 150 plus pneumonias and treated them successfully. And the success rate of the diagnosis and treatment was 96%. Amazing. So, <clears throat> we said this is known as an acute respiratory infection, ARI. Mm. It's a WHO program, ARI. And control of viral diseases came, CDD. Mm. Control of viral disease, CDD. Right. And then ARI, acute respiratory infection control. So, the two largest killers of... So, the pneumonia teachers... We published in JPML, hmm. in JPML, yeah. and this was really bringing lots and lots of uh, acclimacy, acclaim that you know teachers can treat pneumonia. I said yes. So we presented to the pediatricians, and the pediatricians were upset. Hmm. You are saying that pneumonia should be treated uh, by uh, paramedicals or a teacher. Hmm. Uh, this is giving them a free uh, license to use antibiotics. I said, no, madam, don't get upset. Mm. It's a national problem. It's a global problem. Mm. And we have to find a solution to prevent the pneumonia deaths. And this is a presentation. Mm. You you tell me why they should not be allowed to use amoxicillin. Right, right. We are not training them to give injections of cefotexim. We are not training them to give injections of gentamicin. They are not trained to give injection. How will they give injection? Agreed. But they are trained to give amoxicillin. Mm. So if they are giving amoxicillin, even somebody who has got a 
<coughs> cough and cold <coughs> by mistake, there will be only 10%. Hmm. Because 96% diagnosis was correct. Only 4% was wrong. So what is the problem? Agree. You save so many lives. Agree. So, Agree. as I said, my basic research used to be always diarrhea, pneumonia, <coughs> breastfeeding, malnutrition. Because these are the problems which are hitting Pakistan. Hitting Pakistan. Even some of them, like malnutrition. Yes, 40, malnutrition. 40% of the children are malnourished are today. Malnourished. Yes, yes, they are malnourished. And the cho- uh, for nutrition, uh, the choices of food that we take and uh, the amount of uh, food that we eat, that all have also... It's, it's mainly the education of the mothers, education. which will address the malnutrition. Yeah. Because you remember that when Pakistan was born, we used to teach that this is the granary of subcontinent. Yeah. What does it mean? That this part of Pakistan is feeding. Feeding. The previous subcontinent, India and Bangladesh, this is now Bangladesh and India. But we used to feed the entire subcontinent. Yes. So this was the granary of subcontinent. And right. then this part has got 40% of the children who are suffering from malnutrition. Malnutrition. So this, I said, this is a slap on the face of Pakistan. That is and, right. and even even people like Prime Minister, they talk about malnutrition. Right. But what actually are we doing? What actually are we doing? Are we encouraging the breastfeeding in 95% of the mothers? If you are not, why not? Because the mothers will not only give right the proper nutrition, but it also protect the child from many infectious diseases during the first year of the life, yes. including asthma, yes. allergy. Yes. Those who have got asthmatic family, asthmatic family, their asthma will be prevented in those who are breastfeeding for the first one year. Yes. And these are all scientifically well-known facts. Yeah, that's true. So my mission has always been to look at the basic problems, mm-hmm. uh, killing large number of children, mm-hmm. or creating large morbidity, mm-hmm. large morbidity, like malnutrition. Forty percent of the children. I mean, looking at this forty percent children, what kind of adults are they going to be economically, in as far as the economic productivity is concerned? Certainly, compromise. Certainly compromised. So the, we are only looking at 40% binary children. We are no, not looking at the economic price that the Pakistan is going to pay 25 years from now. That is right. That's frightening. Yes. That's frightening. And they also have lower cognitive functions as well. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes, I, I agree. Uh, um, also, please highlight the uh, rotavirus and the typhoid vaccine, yes. EPI <coughs> inclusion. What's the story yeah. here? Uh, the um, budding researchers would really like to know how <laughs> yes. it has been translated into action, into action and into benefit action. to the community. <coughs> yes, as I said, you know, that I spent 27 years of my first stay in Pakistan in uh, Medical College and uh, uh, Civil Hospital. And I, I was I was asked by the governor yeah. to continue for three more years. Mm-hmm. I said, no, I don't believe in it. No extension. Okay. No extension. He says, but you've done such a wonderful work as a dean. Yes. You've transformed the whole system of education. I said, yes, at the cost of my life. Because I knew the students can kill you anytime. <laughs> the kind of the change that I was yeah. bringing, yeah. The, the students didn't digest it easily. Yeah. <laughs> and of okay. course, 200 students reached my house in two buses in the evening. Really? Uh, if you don't postpone the exam, we'll burn your house. I said, okay, you burned my house. <laughs> you can burn your house. <laughs> right. And in, in less than five minutes' time, that two police van came in. 
oh you had already informed police i said no 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 i'm only working as a as a <coughs> orphan orphan dean <laughs> so what was the typhoid story sir how this typhoid vaccine got incorporated into uh, the standard program for immunization the, the vaccine you know? vaccine what's story the research very, behind this vaccine story is very interesting because i was also the member of the uh, technical advisory group okay of pakistan okay on immunization all right <coughs> national immunization technical advisory group neetag okay neetag all right so i was the uh, member of that so i used to always make the noise ke why we are not introducing pneumonia vaccine children are dying although amoxicillin is a good treatment but why not prevent it prevention yes why not prevent it you give the vaccine and uh, there was hue and cry and you know 13 antigens and these this is good 99 antigens so i said all right we'll do the research and then so vaccine research was done in aga khan and kharadar hospital combined combined <clears throat> when the result came in they were so convincing that we took it to the neetag okay and the neetag agreed to put it in the uh, epa program okay so pakistan became the first country in the asia to introduce the pneumococcal vaccine amazing so, so lot of benefit was, to the this community. was this was uh, <clears throat> yeah this was really a remarkable achievement then second came in dr anita zaidi was uh, working with us she's a great researcher great mm-hmm. researcher mm-hmm. she was working in my department she was very keen to work on rota and we launched another research project multi center research five centers were identified from pakistan mm-hmm. and uh, rota virus incidence okay was reported to the who okay. in pakistan 26 to 46% of all diarrhea are rota rota so if we introduce rota vaccine at least nearly 40 to 50% of the diarrhea will be prevented the remaining diarrhea can be treated by ors so the who was convinced and pakistan was convinced and neetag was convinced and neetag put rota virus in pakistan epi epi program this was the second right and now third was the community we were, struggling, we were struggling for typhoid and typhoid and typhoid yeah <coughs> fortunately for pakistan Yes. Extremely drug resistant typhoid came to Pakistan. XDR, yes. XDR, yes. Came first to Pakistan. Yes. Before anywhere in the world. <clears throat> And this was in Hyderabad. So within few months it started coming to Karachi. So again Aga Khan uh, Hyderabad, Aga Khan Karachi mm-hmm. and Kharadar they were selected for uh, typhoid research. And when this was reported it became a compulsion. because mm-hmm. the pressure from uk and usa mm-hmm. for their citizen mm-hmm. don't travel to pakistan because it has got a xdr so advice there were travel advisors this, this was this was the ignominy for pakistan internationally right so pakistan was compelled neetag was compelled and we introduced the uh, conjugate vaccine of typhoid okay and this was only 2 years back sindh was selected first so we selected 1 crore children uh 10 million children mm. for vaccination and 95% coverage mm. uh this was a conjugate vaccine mm. so typhoid dropped like this yes you yes. know from all the wards yeah the wards were full of typhoid and after the vaccine there was hardly any typhoid to be seen because it has been prevented now yes it was prevented from vaccine so pneumococcal rota and now this is the action oriented research 
Action oriented policy research. Policy research. Policy research. This is the research changes the policy. Yes. ORS pol- change the policy of the WHO. Yes. WHO. Yes. Pneumonia change the policy of the WHO. Yes. Pneumococcal vaccine change the policy of Pakistan. Hmm. Rotavirus change the policy of Pakistan. Typhoid vaccine in the benefit of the community. Yes. In the benefit of the in the community. benefit of the community. Yes. Research has to be problem based, hmm. need based. If research is for the sake of research, I tell you, 80% of the research is a trash research. Trash research. And this is going into the prints only. Out of total research, you will find worthwhile research, 20 to 30% or something like this. Hmm. And this is based on the problem which the globe is facing. Right. What the globe needs is a research on diabetes today. I'm, I'm a pediatrician, but Globally, you also know and I also know what is ailing the world. Today, the world is being hit by metabolic syndrome. True. Metabolic syndrome. Communicable diseases. First, you gain the weight. Yes. And then you are not careful. The next thing to hit you is the diabetes. Diabetes. If you are still not careful, the next thing is going to hit you is hypertension. Yes. And then the complications of both. If you are not still careful, then you are going to have myocardial infarct. Right. So this is a process of obesity, diabetes, hypertension, myocardial infarct. This is total known. It's one disease. Metabolic syndrome. It's one disease. Metabolic syndrome is one disease. Yes. My own feeling, although I should not open my mouth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But let me listen to the people and comment. I don't mind. Because this was really and truly. Uh, motivated by the industry, food industry. When the carbohydrate industry came in, then they started trumpeting that the fat is harmful for human consumption. Yeah. It produces obesity, it produces hypercholesterolemia, it produces hypertension, and hypercholesterolemia leads to the blockage of the arteries, and then it gives rise to the hypertension. Uh, uh, myocardial infarction. So you should stop eating fat. Yeah. So the epidemic all over the world spread that you should eat carbohydrate. Yeah. Little do the people know that the carbohydrate is the main culprit of obesity. Absolutely correct. The world is now waking up that carbohydrate produces more obesity. Extra calories go into your fat. Body has the mechanism to convert the carbohydrate into fat. But it also, uh, I think, uh, the socially how we live, how we eat, the choices of food, the walk, and then the change, and the change that the TV came in, yeah, and lifestyle that the TV came in, yeah, TV came in, and then the mobile came in, and the mobile came in, and then the iPads came in, and then the laptops came in, so you became homebound and office bound, yes, and your walking of forty-five minutes every day was gone, was gone, yes, that is also if that forty-five minutes is brought back again, yeah. After namaz e fajr or after namaz e maghrib, yeah. it will be ideal. Right. You right. walk for 45 minutes hmm. and go to the mirror <coughs> yeah. every month and see your shape without jacket. <laughs> <laughs> and say to yourself, yes. If you say yourself to the yes, then you are okay. Then you do nothing, right. which I have done for the last 50 years. Yeah. I okay. go in front of the mirror every month and I ask myself, how are you? If I say yes... Then I'm saying yes. Now, <laughs> that story has given me that yeah. I have not increased even one kilo in the last 50 years. 
one kilo in the last 50 years? In 50 years. The same weight last same 50 years? Same weight in the last that 50 years. amazing. So that's what I'm saying, that yeah. although it's the adult subject, yeah. but I'm saying, this is my personal research on me. Okay. It's doable for 50 years, 60 yeah. years, 70 years. Yeah. That you can freeze your weight. Yeah. You don't have to go to the freezer in the night. Yeah. And yet you can freeze your weight. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Switch to another uh, interesting th thing. Uh, one of the interesting things that you have done is the creation of hands. Yes. And uh, to the audience, uh, hands is Health and Nutrition Development Society. Society. So, uh, I was reading through. Uh, <laughs> it has a very wishful vision hmm. so it states that quality of life for all for in an equitable humane peaceful and sustainable world do you think it is possible sir in the life nothing is impossible mm -hmm. nothing is impossible if i had said that i will not allow a single kilo to increase in the next 50 years somebody would have said it is impossible yes would and here i'm sitting in front of you Agreed. I had adopted one village to go and give the maternal and child health services in a week. <clears throat> okay. Then we started with the second village. Then we started with the sixth village. Out of blue, out of blue, UNICEF came to know that Dr. Bilu and his team are going to six villages for providing mother and child health. So they wrote a project. Okay, this is a six village project for three years. And it costs uh, total funding at that time about 200,000 rupees or something like that, which included a vehicle, driver and six doctor's salaries. I said, but this has come out of the sky. Yes. For me, it was a surprise. I went home and offered two rakat uh, nafal to Allah. I said, uh, Allah, I asked you, that what, should I, what should I do now that I got my own horse? Now all my children are going to the school. I have got a fantastic income and I got a lot of saving from my income. What should I do? So the answer came to me that there is a huge makhluk. Yeah. Do the something. We do something for that. Do it for mankind. Uh, for, they would do it for the mankind. Look at the people living in conditions. They don't have a house. They don't have a water. They right. don't have a khana. They don't have a medicine. Right. So one component you can provide. Right. Medicine and education. Hmm. Medicine and education. Hmm. Okay, please offer your child this khana because he is now seven months. Right. Please don't stop your breastfeeding for right. a year at least. Your child never will fall ill. He will never get an idea. So this is this is a free of cost. And when UNICEF realized this is fantastic, they offered a project. Before we finished the first project in two years' time, we had another offer from TVO, Trust for Voluntary Organization, TVO, mm -hmm. Trust for Voluntary Organization. Mm -hmm. uh, it had uh, about uh, 480 million rupees in the kitty for okay. providing grant to the projects. So they sat with our team and made a three-year program of 25 villages to provide this. So we built in education. So we said health and education, health and nutrition Development Society. It was really, oh, it was only health and nutrition. Okay. With UNICEF. Okay. When it came with the TVO, then it became health and nutrition yeah, development, development society. society. Okay. <laughs> this is how it it went uh, to uh, to the education to also. The education also, and mainly education <coughs> is related to educating mothers and and uh, mothers, 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 yeah. mothers. How to look after your child and yourself. 
how to look after yourself in your pregnancy by eating 400 extra calories and to gain 10 kilos during pregnancy so that your child becomes uh, not premature not low birth weight mm. he'll become good birth birth, birth weight if you gain 10 kilos simple science yeah simple science even the mother can understand right right okay my bachcha is kamzor you know your bachcha is not kamzor he's 3 kilo he's 3 kilo right right <laughs> um also you are the chairman for um, health research advisory board where uh, gets farm is also Actually, collaborating let with me, you let so, me t- yeah. tell you a couple of things about hands and then the sure sure is. please go ahead uh, the hands progress to 25 villages then the tv also very happy she said we will give you now 25 more villages so 50 villages 50 villages 50 villages by the time we had reached 50 villages the floods came in floods came in of 2010 2010 okay and we were not in disaster mm-hmm. so we collaborated with the united nations and they taught us for 15 days what is the disaster management okay. disaster management comprises of four hours mm-hmm. rescue them yeah rescue them yeah. then give them the relief intent when the two months of rescue and relief is over then go and reconstruct the houses right and rehabilitate rehabilitate them. that's 15 months yeah So we came in housing, we came in water supply, really? we came in rehabilitation. Really. So the society is now all. Yeah. These floods have come, so we have taken responsibility of twenty-five districts. Twenty-five districts. District. Amazing. For rescue and relief, and after rescue and relief, we will continue for fifteen months to give them construction of the houses and rehabilitation. And rehabilitation. All other organizations will go away from three months. Yeah. They are uh, more focused on food, their delivery. No, they are. They are focused only on relief, not even rescue. Rescue. and relief yes yes so now coming back to your uh, health research yes. advisory board how it was created what is on the agenda and this is where gets farm is also collaborating with you the this is also a very interesting story as you know that uh, when i joined domedical college research was at the bottom yeah at top and i started taking up the global challenges yes like diarrhea like pneumonia and alhamdulillah uh, the both of them are now globally recognized and uh, it was a big struggle big struggle when i reached uh aga khan hospital my department of pediatrics was at the bottom of the research so i said what are we doing the best institution in asia is doing nothing for pakistan to change the policy mm-hmm. why why kis cheez ki kami hai what must, are we must be busy uh, in seeing patients only what are yeah so then you know the research started and, and so i said this isolated how how far dr bilu is going to come to do and the research has got to be addressed at the level of pakistan right the right. level of pakistan so i had couple of friends and uh, right enough ibrahim kasim sahab yeah. still is a good friend of mine yeah. we are like brothers right he he calls me a brother and i call him brother okay <laughs> and his son is a dynamic person yeah. arun sahab yeah very dynamic so and they are committed to the pakistan cause mm. and i told them there is i said research in pakistan is a yatim subject it's an orphan subject yeah. nobody owns yeah except some individuals and uh, this is pathetic are we going to allow the mothers and children and heart patients to just keep on dying and dying and dying or are we going to stop make a stop somewhere so what do you need i said that we need research 
Dr. Zaki, the dynamic person. Yeah. Very dynamic. I mean, if Zaki was not there, there, would, there won't be a board. Right. <laughs> Basit Saab, what a great researcher. He's a great researcher. What a great researcher. I'm a big fan of Basit. <clears throat> Shahid Noor. Yeah. What a great researcher. Look at the number of registries. Yes. And this is less than 10 years. Yes. In less than 10 years, 10 registries. Yeah. And, some of, and, and some of them recognized and admired even internationally. Right. We put the group together. And uh, as you also heard me yes. over there, yes, the research has got to be need-based, need-based, problem-based, problem-oriented, policy-based, policy-changing research, action-oriented research, and then funded research. Billions of dollars of funds are lying, unused, and we are not training our people to do the project, write a project. Do the costing, do the budget, give the timeline, apply it, it will be funded. Yes. Even HEC will fund you. Yes. Even, HEC will, even NIH will fund you. Agreed. In AKU, we have got NIH funded project right now. Right now. And we are sitting on approximately about $25 million of research funding. Even the hands, yeah. even service yeah. oriented project, right now we are writing the project on floods okay and this will be funded to the tune of 2 billion rupees wow that's a big that, amount. that's that's a big amount that's a big amount for addressing the floods right and 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 my team is quite happy and complacent <laughs> <laughs> i always <laughs> wanted urdu, to urdu kehte urdu mujhe maine kaha beta ye 2 billion rupees kuch badi baat nahi nahi sir koi mushkil ki baat nahi hai funding aayegi aayegi तो ये जरा बिल्कुल मेरी मैं वन टू वन बात हुई सीईओ से लास्ट थर्सडे को कहते नो सर द मनी इज कमिंग मनी इज कमिंग द मनी इज कमिंग आर देयर इज नो प्रॉब्लम एट ऑल वाओ बिकॉज़ आई गॉट वर्ड अबाउट 2 बिलियन रुपीस ही सेड नो नॉट एट ऑल सो माय माय अदर इंटरेस्टिंग क्वेश्चन वुड बी व्हाट वुड बी योर लाइफ ए माइनस रिसर्च वुड हैव बीन डिफरेंट zero yeah because i would say <clears throat> it will be very diminutive to training the pediatricians because that has been a very plus point in my life mm-hmm. but <clears throat> training the pediatrician has also changed the shape of child health care in pakistan yeah because we had no pediatrician in villages and now my trained pediatricians are working in many many villages that is a phenomenal change So I would say my life forty percent say training and sixty uh, percent research, but both these things are being carried out. Of my now fellows, yes, both these things are being carried out because I'm trying to withdraw myself gradually, slowly. But there's a couple, little bit of pressure on me now for the last six months or a year. Okay, okay, you should take out now time and sit down and write what you have done. Write what you have done. I said, but this is not my cup of a cake. not my piece of cake <laughs> okay okay so, so uh thank you very much any messages you want to give to young researchers yes. new scientists <laughs> those who yes. are you know going through yes. this transition phase spend your time on finding identifying the problem mm-hmm. spend your time on identifying the solution and the do do the research on that and prove it here you found the solution and tell it to the country and to the world and bring about a change in the policy of the province or a country or a region or a world 
leave an impact we, we have given given you the example which is doable yeah and it has not hurt me yes i haven't lost a single kilo and i haven't gained a single kilo <laughs> you can see me still sitting in the same place in same kursi not needing a bigger kursi right <laughs> right so it is doable go and do the services where the services are lacking hmm. i chose it hmm. from uk to pakistan yes when there were only six pediatrician although the passport was in my hand hmm. he said this is your passport and this is your post come and take it tomorrow i said no sir no sir my priority is my country there are no pediatrician and there is no research and the children are dying like flies i worked in the children's ward once i worked in children's ward i said to allah ya allah i wanted to be a teacher and then i said no i want to be a doctor and then i said okay fine i want to be a surgeon yes this surgery was successful and then i worked in children's ward it changed my entire mission entire mission okay no your life is for children so i told to allah ya allah one life for children this will there even 100 lives will not be even 1000 lives so he said who said there's one life go train yourself and come back and train thousands of pediatricians the very day i was doing house job the message was written that come back and train the children so your students for the for the research and pediatrician great sir it was a pleasure to be uh, with you here today i enjoyed it and a uh, lot I've of uh, i had a lot of questions <laughs> and uh, i'm really amazed to see your journey in research as a pediatrician as well and how you have able to make a contribution to the to the community changing uh, the <clears throat> policies through research my life has been very very gratifying very gratifying there are several incidents and anecdotes where it has been so satisfying it has been so satisfying to say governor in his own house no sir i will not take extension all right ye hamara complete ho gaya na nahi sir abhi nahi hua feel i did it later on when i finished my dean's job then he called me he said that uh, and that's a very interesting story that we want to give you an extension have a cup of coffee and we'll discuss i said yes i will have a coffee uh, but i this will be not an obligation on me <laughs> <laughs> he said no obligation to so, the uh, audience uh, we um, our guest today dr abdul ghafar billu eminent researcher great physician uh, life saver of uh, millions of children you have just witnessed his story how to translate research into benefit of the community how to change the policies of the government and how to leave a big impact saving millions of life in in pakistan and across the world it was a delight to meet uh, dr abdul ghafar pillu in our studio today thank you very much